Welcome everyone to episode three of Painovich and Boscovich. This uh, this week we have a special guest with us. We have Lewis from Nigger. How you doing, Lewis? I'm doing all right. Uh, if you've never heard of Nigger, imagine if your problem with the Daily Show was if what if Mike didn't stutter enough? Oh, you would have you would have a good like. I, I've been called the stuttering Enoch. If you really so. If that's a, that's so, a good, I think that's a good pitch to show. Okay, yeah, sure, that, that'll work. I mean, I, I never really thought of it like that. But I was thinking more like um, something along the lines of, like, if you thought, thought The Daily Show didn't actually talk enough about, like, video games and such like that. Because that's kind of... <laughs> well, honestly, there is a there is a Venn diagram of show a listener that is, like, I want both more foreign policy and video games. Right. And, and I think we nail that that guy that's yeah. actually you'd you'd be surprised how probably more common than you might think that guy is because a lot of people that like video games particularly map games are going to be into foreign policy inherently just because foreign po- what is foreign policy interest other than just map autism extended into another realm right if you think about it yeah no it, it absolutely is true and you get you get into that you you get the urge we actually have to, we notice this tendency in ourselves to like fight the map 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 game brain you know like well why doesn't vladimir putin just send oh yeah him, build an army of five million people because on the on the on the <laughs> chart from hoy from hoy four it clearly says if your population is this many your real manpower is this number and right just put them in the army and go and, right you, know, like, no, you, you just fight certain tendencies there's no political a- aspect to that although i think that they're working on they're incre- well they you know the people that do games that they they um are, they try to build games, or they have in the past tried to build games where political impacts, like people get mad if you draft five million people yeah. into an army or something like that. But um, yeah. but anyway, so uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Middle East. I know you. I don't know how much of your own biography you want to reveal, but I know you for reasons you have um, uh, knowledge of the region. Oh uh, yeah, no, I've, I've if you listen to nigger, I've yeah deployed over there, had a lot of fun. Uh, this is like my zone. Kurdistan um, got mm-hmm. was in the news recently. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of Kurds, uh, have a lot of funny stories, but they're, they're less relevant. I will tell you the Kurds do insist, and have this has been borne out by modern uh, anthropologists that they, I, I'm not not joking, are the true Indo-Aryan people. Yeah, I've heard this before. I, I think that there's certain like. Yes, I've I've heard this before. Probably from you. I think you've been the one that have <laughs> yeah, told told love, me this before. But it's yes. hilarious, and you'll see one with like yellow, you know, like yeah. yellow hair and green eyes. Like, oh, yeah. maybe. Huh. Yeah, you'll you'll see Arabs that look like that, and Yazidis apparently, which is a very small minority group in that region, also sort of sort of look like that. Jews love to sort of pick these these minor these non-arab minority groups and be like look at what muslims doing to them or look at what look at what arabs doing to them because kurds are muslims too, or look but. or look at what uh chinese are doing to them because the uyghurs yes get the same kind of treatment yes i saw like it's kind of a like a mixed bag of an account but the mediterranean man on um telegram who i don't entirely usually agree with all of his takes actually quite often i disagree with his takes but he's funny anyway and he was telling his audience like i don't know shit about like uyghurs in xinjiang province i have no idea what the hell people are talking about because apparently people were pressuring him to chime in about it but um anyway i did want to ask sort of about these these missile strikes because my and i'll just give you my impression and you can tell me how how accurate it is and I'll just be perfectly honest. I'm going to be sort of brutally honest. 
Um, I don't know that this makes Iran look all that great because they didn't really hit something. I mean, not that it's like, oh, no, they killed my poor Kurdish businessman, but it seems like kind of a weak response. Like, it doesn't seem like they actually took anything out of importance or really struck anything hard. It feels... And then, apparently now, um, they hit Pakistan today, uh, another group like literally no one's ever heard of. So, I don't know. Uh, what's your take yeah. on that? Uh, well, that group is called uh, Jais Ul ADL, which is very funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ADL was bombed. Jais uh, Jewish... Jewish uh, uh, ADL. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll work. It, literally, the name of the group, dude. If they, uh, if Iran did bomb the headquarters of the ADL, like yes, that would basically be the most based thing ever. But of course, then we would nuke them. But um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Iran is like always kind of in this. We- so Iran is a like government with factions in the same way. Like people like to analyze like the. Iranians or the Russians would analyze America when they say like, "Oh, Vladimir Putin is the Republicans and the liberals are the Democrats," or yeah, 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 yeah. the mullahs are the Republicans and the the hijab disposers are the other faction. When generally similar to Russia, the other faction is like what you would call like militarists or like the army. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I'm reading what's happened is the civilian control of the military is a big deal in Iran. Um, and they, in the past couple weeks, have, like, allowed more, more free hands for the military. We saw that because they, they retook that oil tanker. Mm-hmm. They did. That was a, that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. That made them look all, good. But these yeah. things are related. Like, they're, they, 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 they've been given a, the, the civilian authorities, given the military authorities, a freer hand to act. And they're kind of just doing things they've probably wanted to do anyway over the past two right. years. And we're told, no, you can't do that. It's bad optics if you just kill fucking um it's this this so you can't just like kill kurdish businessmen i mean you can't i mean but, you, you, apparently you can but like <laughs> iran and likes you, to connect its military with and on that civilian level they like to connect it to the idea of the populist revolution which is why ahmadinejad was so popular in that country for the in the odds is that he was kind of the reflection of that populist spirit of the revolution yeah. And killing and so, a Kurdish businessman goes right along with that same populist spirit. Like yeah. this is the richest man with, in Kurdistan. Yeah. Kill him. Uh, <laughs> and same with uh with Jewish ADL, this uh, group in this group mm. in Pakistan <laughs> is that uh they, they, you know, it's been like it's bad optics to attack them. And then the mil- and then the military says, Oh, now that they've attacked them, their announcements always do tie it back to the greater like Israel thing. When they mm-hmm. when they killed uh well, I'm gonna, well, we're going to say businessman. It's kind of it's important. Peshwar uh, Desai. Uh, mm-hmm. When they killed him, they, they they basically implied he was like the American version or the current version of General Suleimani. And it's like a tit for tat thing. Um, because the – which he's not. He's not. They're, they're yeah, like, that's not really – They killed him in a similar manner. Um, and you're seeing more like uh, – not Russia – I guess Russia shills and like resistance shills claiming he had some like personal army – of American veterans in his security firm because he didn't own a security firm. I don't know. They they had certain permits to do certain things, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was running around over there and I ne- we never ran into this 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 phantom. You know, all these American veterans in this thing. Like he he's not a military guy. He's a money guy. What he was doing was he would take uh, Kurdish oil out of Kurdistan and 
Syria, America activated Syria, mm-hmm. and just wash it, wash it into the international market. Sometimes through Israel, he was like a oil, not quite smuggler because everybody knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. but like he would let the Americans like turn a blo- like he was putting up a fig leaf that we could like ignore stuff, and the Jews were getting a cut. So that's why. Right, yeah, he was, uh, the, the Iranians were claiming that his house was just like, or was that, or was it some other that structure? That was two years ago, he had some house that was like, they said a Mossad Th- safe house. That was actually, big, probably not yeah, his was. house, from what I was reading, yeah. that, that was Bar- Barzani's house, actually. The one they hit or, a, couple years, a couple years ago? With yeah. The satellite dish? Yes, that was uh, not his house. It was the uh, that family that has been the, oh, the Barzani family. Yeah, yeah, that, like, that was b- b- it's like the yeah. Saudis. Those guys, like there's there's a million Barzanis running around. Yeah, yeah, but it all... was the top Barzani guy. Apparently, was that that who wasn't the same guy's house? It was. I looked up. I actually looked that up because uh, I, I remember they hit. I remember when that happened. I do um, want to look back at because there's also a million Barzanis. So I don't know which one is the. Oh, uh, I don't know. Clear. I mean, they would have because the top guys like kind of retired. Um, yeah, and he probably would have been at his house, and they probably didn't want to kill him because he's he's a he's a Barzani's like a mafia family. Um, that they're real dirtbags, like they've played ball with everybody, yeah. and the Kurds don't like him because they played ball with Saddam, um, right? More so than any other other Kurdish faction, which positioned them to when the Americans came be the strongest one who played ball with us then. And uh, they're they're a weird thing. Uh, they're they're like. Really close to Iran, though. They'll, they'll, they'll talk, like not all of them, right? They're a big family with princes, like the mm-hmm. Saudis. There's a million princes or whatever you want to call them, like, but they're all like businessmen instead of princes. That's like the title. Um, they're all just all just corrupt businessmen, and like the and they're very they're relatively or the the top tier end of the family is, is pretty comfortable with Iran. They're not uh, pro Iran, but they have open dialogue with them, and they don't. Uh, okay, so snitch. the 2022 Erbil missile attack. Targeted the villa of Baz Karim Barzani, Barzanji, or yeah, well, I don't know, Barzani. We'll just say Barzani, CEO of the KAR Group, company aimed to supply Turkey and Europe with gas. So, um, so for people that don't know, okay, uh, yeah. so the the, uh, the head of the Barzani is, is Masood Barzani. He's the guy. That's the guy. Okay, so it wasn't. So this is one of his princes. Yeah, yeah, one of his like, princes. Yeah, yeah. So just. Let's give some background for people that might not know the region as well as as, as you do and as we generally do. Yeah. So Erbil is in northern Iraq. It's essentially Iraqi Kurdistan. And it's kind of – it's like semi-autonomous. And uh, the way the Iraqi government power-sharing structure is set up is that the, the president of Iraq, who all the U.S. media have been quoting in the wake of these Iranian attacks, and is the one who's saying – um, oh, Iran has undermined Iraq's sovereignty. We're going to bring it up with the UN. We're going to recall our ambassador and all that stuff. That's all the president of Iraq, who's pretty much always occurred. But the it's prime all, yeah, minister. Not, not, not pretty much. Yes, always, always. I think it's, le- is it legally constitutionally required? It's the law. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. The, the, yeah. the yeah. Kurdish parliament picks him, not the Iraqi parliament. Yeah. Right. The, right. The president's always occurred. The prime minister's always a Shia Arab and the speaker of the of the parliament or speaker of the assembly, whatever the exact term is, is the is always a Sunni Arab that is right. legally mandated by the Iraqi constitution, which the U.S. likes because they can they can maneuver a shitty Shia in there or they can try. And cause yeah. it's like, well, also it just but, it keeps the country from unifying. Yeah. <laughs> now this well, was the, I remember when the, this was something that like uh, really smart 
foreign policy analysts were suggesting that the U.S. do uh, when after going into Iraq, which is like, don't try and impose a, a government on the whole country, basically create a three-part government for the three main factions in the country. But al-Sudani, who's the prime minister, has not said shit from what I can tell about these Iranian strikes. Oh, the Kurds can get fucked, according to these guys. The yeah, Iraq, yeah, that's last, what, that's basically last, what like, it is, yeah. 90 days, there was a flare-up where like the per, the Kurdish military-slash-police thing, the Peshmerga, which mm-hmm. is also like poorly organized and poorly, poorly like it's also it's like, is like antifa like to wear their insignia yeah, and shit like it's that. Like yeah, half, it's like half terrorist kind of sometimes because they logically array rogue elements because it's the right. least. They were like ambushed a bunch of they they ambushed a Iraqi military convoy for like no reason by Mosul like two months ago. Like just mm. to just to let them know let them know we're still here and we've loved the Americans. You know, like right, like was, right. Well, because apparently you know. Um, Sudani. Now, I don't know how well I take seriously. I take his claims. He's going to kick the U.S. out of Iraq, but he's been saying that for the last couple of weeks. Although, well, the U.S. leaked that he was leaked. The U.S. fucked him over in this. They said he leaked privately. He didn't actually want them out. Yeah, the U.S. The U.S. like stabbed in the back. They weren't even let him do his song and dance. Yeah, they weren't even let him pretend. Yeah, that's that's kind of fucked up. But he also then says every time the uh, Iranian-backed Shia militias in Iraq, which some of them, some of them even call, or is one, they even call themselves Hezbollah or like Iraqi Hezbollah. Yeah. Um, Hezbollah. When they shoot their drones and their missiles at U.S. bases and such, um, which has led to some injuries. I don't know if it's led to any deaths. I, I, they did lead some they contractor deaths, but again, that could be somebody that like hit his head while running into a bomb shelter. I don't know, but um, you know they. Uh, <clears throat> They, he's been saying like they're actually part of our official armed armed forces of Iraq. So yep. like when America bombs their bases, they're like bombing the armed forces of Iraq. Yet they're also like invited. It's all fucked up, right? And it's all basically no real country operates like this. This is this country is run like this because it's effectively you know an occupied country that's under yep. a foreign power, and so it, none of so, it really makes sense. Like Sudani yep. really doesn't have total sovereignty. I mean, the Kurdish Iraqi president. Going out there and saying, like, oh, these Iranian strikes undermine Iraq's sovereignty. It's like, bro. Because, <laughs> like, because of, of, Kurdish, of Kurdistan undermines Iraq's sovereignty. You know? Yeah, yeah. The uh, whole uh, yeah, the whole setup is, is stupid. And, and The Iraqi yeah. army is not, like, allowed in Kurdistan. <laughs> right, right. Like, they, I mean, they, they're very heavily moderate. They, they can come over, but they got to, like, do paperwork, yeah. you know? And another thing that was going on is that in Syria, the U.S. base, I think it was what, Deir Ezzor or something like that, like where the where the U.S. still has a base where there's actually our oil fields in Syria. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. In any case... I believe we call that one Conoco. It's yes. Like yeah, yes. Conoco. The Arabs spell it differently than how we spell Conoco. They spell it like with Ks, like K-O-N-I-K-O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Conoco base, which is literally just an oil oil field protecting base... Uh, has been involved in essentially smuggling oil out of Syria into Erbil, into yeah, Kurdistan. Yeah. That, by this, this is the guy. Totally fucking him. illegally. It's actually. Yeah, that, it's, yeah, that's why they killed this guy. Yeah, which I, I support <laughs> killing him. Like he should yeah. die. Like that's fine with me. I, it's totally fine. Like, I'm not sad for him. Apparently, the people, some people, are clutching pearls because like his Filipino maids, whose name, <laughs> whose names were like Mike and Adam. <laughs> Also so this is a killed. weird Kurdish thing that only you would have, you have to live in Kurdistan and know. That well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. But no, you, this is like a thing people should know about. 
that the American Empire uh, is explicitly running this weird gig where we undercut local labor in fucking Kurdistan. Where, like, the guy, people in Kurdistan ex- expect, I want to say it was like, they want like 1800 bucks for a job. That's like for a kind of a shit job they'll take. But these Filipinos and Sri Lankans will take 900 800 a year. Yeah. So, like, the Kurdish elite literally import, like, foreign labor to undercut. Uh, They're doing the Arab Sheik thing. The Arab Sheiks do the exact same Dude, thing. Dude, there's Filipinos all over the Middle East, man. They're all yeah, over the place. But, like, Kurdistan is so shitty and poor. You're like, there's no fucking way that's going to be. Nope, it's somehow still well, better than the fucking Philippines. Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're essentially subsidizing it. I mean, that's what, funnily enough, like, this has always been the plan. BP threatened to do the same thing when they had control of the Iranian oil fields. They said, yeah, we're just going to bring in East Africans to do the oil fields. Oh, God. Screw you, Iranians. Yeah, it's it's right there, actually, in Stephen Kinzer's book on the whole thing. Oh, like, yeah. They, they threatened to do that, yeah. <coughs> Man. It's a bizarre thing to see, like, because you will see, because Kurds, I think, with like Middle Eastern do, they, they all just got to sit around and complain about being unemployed. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait. Uh, and I, when I, I was shocked. Like, I assume they didn't have an unemployment problem because it's like an American, whatever, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a propped up state. You assume it's like Israel where there's just fake jobs everywhere. Yeah. And the military is huge. There are fake bullshit jobs programs. Um, and the way this guy gave back, uh, that killed, uh, they get killed, he had these big, like, development like real yeah. estate stuff, where I believe they try, they were, were trying to employ like Kurds. He would built like some big like skyscraper complex yeah. in 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 uh, I guess um, yeah in Erbil in the heart of in the heart of every Kur- Kurd is a Saudi apparently. Yeah. But uh, the but you would <laughs> yeah. just see these and they they would all come about unemployment and they but they also like have this uh, kind of cartel mindset. All the Kurdish like proletarians because they are communists. They're like, oh no, like you you don't like it's a major social stigma to work for less than a certain amount of money oh like if okay. they see you doing it you're like oh you're a piece of shit <laughs> so like there's so like they're big they're bringing these filipinos and sri lankans to like break the strike kind of that's funny that's very funny so what else so they also apparently they hit um idlib which is in the um northwest corner of of syria and they claim they hit an isis base there and dude this is very funny Literally, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for these attacks, and it says the IRGC claimed it also struck Islamic State forces in northwestern Syria with four missiles specifically targeting the perpetrators of the Kerman bombings on 3 January. Uh, Tasnim News Agency reported the IRGC aerospace forces launched four K-Bar Shikan ballistic missiles from Darkhoven District Southern Khuzestan Province at midnight, traveling a distance of 1,200 kilometers, 750 miles to hit their targets in Idlib government. These claims were doubted, as Islamic State has no presence in the region. The official policy <laughs> of this government is that the Islamic State has a presence in the region. The, I, mean, I mean... When I deployed to this region, we were fighting ISIS, which was in the region. That was our stated goal. This is like... <laughs> and they have a citation for that, and it's like, uh, what is it? It's it's the crisisgroup dot org. So it's some fucking like probably some what is it, some neocon think tank. Yeah. yeah, there was a flex there. Apparently, like Idlib and from the launch site was exactly the precise amount of kilometers as some point in Iran to Tel Aviv. There was some like, oh, they were do- okay, they, they were doing a message. subtlety apparently. Yeah, yeah, like this is yeah, yeah that. But also like those people are like. Idlib is like 
you know, run by, if not ISIS, like... Well, is ISIS it like Harir to Islami or so? It's basically just an ISIS clone group, right? What's it called? Harir Islam? It's like it's something something fucking stupid. I, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Yeah, they're hostile to Syrian government. Yeah. They're under the weird, vague protection of the American government um, for reasons no one's quite... And the Turkish government... Well, reasons no one's quite uh, understood. No one's been forced to explain yet. Um, well, that's because yeah, no one actually asks because they basically say Syrian Democratic Forces, which is just nonsense. It's it's basically, and even the group that is there, which is like I can't pronounce it. I think it's like Harir al Islami or something like that, right? I, I'd have to look it up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, there's like there's, they, they're they a new name every six months. Yeah, they they are because they, 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 like, they, they always get listed as a terrorist group. And so it's, then it's like, well, how it's actually there is no Syrian from my understanding. There's no Syrian democratic forces. It's just like ISIS, Al Qaeda, Al Nusra, Harir, Al Islami, whatever the fuck it might be, whatever this thing is called now. Um, and there's nothing else there. You know, that's the they're the ones running it to the extent it's being run at all. And yeah, America just runs cover for them, even though the, the official story is yeah, we're fighting ISIS. I mean, did you fight ISIS when you were there? No. Right. No. Uh, yeah, the, the ISIS was a ISIS did a prison break from one of their prisons that got contained. I remember when they were. I think I remember. They was having a yeah. few times, but I remember when they they freed like five thousand people or something. Yeah. Like that from well, the prisons are such are very weird. Where it's like it's like here it's like little Gaza strips full of ISIS people mm. that like they're gonna bust out of here. Like there's no like there's like you know how many camp guards. So unlike the Holocaust, right? At a certain level of camp guards per prisoner, there are going to be like uprisings and problems because okay. that's just how the real world works. Sharir Al Sham, sorry, that's the name of the group. Yeah, okay. Don't bother remembering it, audience. It'll change in six months. It's been this oh, for a while, that. though. It's been her, it's really? been it's actually I mean, Hayat Tahrir Al Sham. That's why I was getting. That's why I was saying Harir Al Islam or something. Harir <laughs> is a uh, air base in northern Kurdistan that's run by us. Okay. Okay, that's why it's on the brain. They get they get attacked a lot. But. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Hayat Tahrir Al Sham, organization for the liberation of the Levant. But it's just they just in Idlib. I that's, mean, and, and again, ISIS, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that ISIS's original name? Like, was it I? Islamic it was, it was like ISIL, right? It, like saying Levant State in Levant. A, yeah, it's kind of yeah. a throwback. Yeah, but I mean, it's all basically the same thing. It's basically the same ideology as well. Yeah, and uh, it's and it, it, it's love for Israel supplemented through like Salafism, Wahhabism, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even if they whether they they know that they love Israel or not, like they see, they certainly act like they do, and yeah. they, they're obviously these, uh, just proxies of of American uh, foreign policy. Jewish ADL in Pakistan yeah. is to the same ideology. They were yeah. they were their conde- they are big uh, Assad condemners. Yeah, and they're big Iran. All they do, all they do is they fuck with Iran. That's why the Iranians, when they got, said, yeah. "Oh, we could we could bomb somebody in other countries." Well, said it's Jewish ADLs again. Now, I believe that it's probably the people that did the suicide bombings in Iran were linked to groups like this, like something yeah. like this. Now they said that they were like Turkmenistani or something like that, or Tajikistani, they, or one of them was a Tajikistani or something like that. But then they also said he was like oh, a yeah. ghoul. In- in the Iran, uh, you're talking about the uh, Iranian bombing. Yeah, the yeah. Iran claimed that one of the attackers was a Tajik. <coughs> Part of some like ISIS-like thing in, in Tajikistan, yeah. right? Um, 
But uh, so apparently they the Iranians consulted with the Pakistanis, though, the government of Pakistan before they did this. They like sent some diplomatic envoy and they informed them that they were doing this. Of course, they didn't inform the Kurds that they were doing this. But again, they no one else. Have. They might have. They, but the Kurds are saying that they did it. But no one else in Iraq cares at all. Yeah. Well, also, the Kurds, <laughs> the Kurds will make noises, but they're not going to do shit ever. Um, and I, there's this there, one of the Barzani princes uh, is like their. Like also their Wolf Blitzer down there, and he has an English language Twitter account. Uh-huh. I was looking at his Twitter feed because he was complaining about it, and like the people, there's like in their comments are like people saying, "Oh, you're a dog of the, how dare you? You're a dog. You're a dog for the Israelis." Yeah, you know, in English, and then also like some Kurds like, "Oh, we should, we should uh, invade Iran, I, you know, invade Iran in retaliation," <laughs> and their Iranians like. <laughs> go for it like yeah right yeah yeah do that yeah do it <laughs> like could, could you please like yeah um i wish i wish uh, these tanks for 20 years you know i wish a nigga would yeah but uh, uh you know the thing is how credible is this claim that that was a, like a mossad base because i think they're characterizing just this guy's mansion as a mossad base because the iranians keep saying mossad base or at least these iran shill accounts on telegram these like Lebanese. Well, what is like Iranian. What is the Masal? Is somebody washing oil money for the Israelis and giving them a cut? Like, that's kind of the, what the Mossad does. Like, you know, right, like. Right, right. Like, well, they've actually got. I mean, I, if, I'd, I'd consider a, a little St. James to be a, a Mossad base, really. I mean, it's kind of fungible, <laughs> flexible in that definition. Yeah, like. Yeah, yes, yes. Little St. James Island was absolutely a Mossad base. There's no question. Like, this guy d- did work for the Israeli foreign. Like, I don't know if you if you if you if you're giving enough Jews money in the Middle East. At what point is it like a, a house with a with a Mossad agent in it? I guess we're like the more yeah you know now the Iranians actually put out today um, that they have again they're doing the bit of like we have like the passports they have two passports I'm looking at it right now actually. Of people that they say are were Israelis that were there, uh, I get, are they saying that they're um, says uh, Iraqi media published? Okay, so this is interesting. <laughs> so Iraqi media, so not probably not linked to Kurdistan, probably linked to like the Shia faction in Iraq. Iraqi media published the identification documents of two Jewish Mossad intelligence agency agents who were killed in the IRGC's attack on the Mossad safe house in Erbil, Iraq. Avi Hen and Israel Schreiber have joined Prashad Diazi in Hellfire for being part of World Jewish Criminal Enterprise. I hope that's true. Well, them using the phrase criminal enterprise does imply that it's like a money, it was like a money thing. Yeah. More so than like saying it was like Zionism or barbaric. Like they have code words they use for like Jew money versus Jew. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Palestine stuff. Criminal Jew is like okay, they're doing. They were they were they're probably doing was, dirty, filthy money stuff. Yeah, it was probably stealing money from, uh, you well, know, well, stealing Assad. oil. I mean, look, oil. Israel yeah. needs oil. You know, they need oil. They need fuel. They might as well steal it from Arabs. You know, and have the Kurds help you with that because you know why not? It's a good scam. Yeah. But, also, when the Kurd the Kurds also like the scam because there are deals where X amount of like because like the, the power sharing deal of the constitution. There's also constitutionally mandated like a. Uh, Oil revenue profit sharing, and mm-hmm. if you're do if and if you're doing this like kind of fig leaf thing where you smuggle it to the, smuggle it into Israel or wherever, you don't report that on your balance sheet of like mm-hmm. your oil, so you get a bigger cut of the federal 
oil money if they have less oil on the books because they're smuggling it out. Yeah. So the Shia really do, the Shia the Shia really don't like these guys. They really they really fucking hate the Kurds and it's vice vice versa. Yeah. The only time I've ever in my whole life actually seen a police officer like abuse somebody, like, like, like unwarranted, obviously, you know, like it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. was uh, the cops in Kurdistan just going ape shit on some family full of. They said they called them Arabs. Yeah, I don't know if they're Sunni or Shia, but they were just all up in their shit. And I asked one of them, "Hey, what's up with the this guy over here chipping it like freaking out?" He's like, "Oh, they're Arabs. Don't worry about it." So yeah. Okay, so yeah, 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 okay. That's, that's the interesting thing about the Kurds is that even though they're Muslims and they tend they tend to be Sunni and Muslims, they are engaged in constant racial warfare with the rest of Dude, their Muslim brethren. A lot of the so-called religious stuff in the Middle East is is has a tribal uh, aspect to it. If you look beneath the oh, surface, yeah. when you when Definitely. you understand it, and and even even in Africa, like the whole claim that like. Uh, some of these Central African countries are countries in what do they call it? The Sahel region, the the French occupied former French colonial region. Well, it's funny they, they were the, having like the, a war against belt. against ISIS. Yeah. It's just a tribal war. It's just another yeah. tribe that is Muslim, well, but it's just. A, it, but it is funny that it becomes like the Hell Belt or the Coup Belt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. soon as like, they kick the French out, it yes. was like the prosperous French colonies of the Western Sahara, and now it's Hell on Earth murdered. Drought, drought land. When it's, yeah, uh, but I, I'm, I'm always going to press X on like prosperous. Like Niger is most definitely <laughs> not a Listen, prosperous what they choose country. To invest, they choose to invest their money in having more Nigers, right? They just yeah. increase their population. That's infrastructure is like you know, it's complex. Uh, it's a complex field, and they choose to invest in things we wouldn't yes. invest in. But if they it's think the they need more people, go, it's the National Institute for Gaming Economic Review. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. I'm I'm actually happy to be saying Niger again and not like listening to a bunch of YouTube videos where analysts are saying Niger, Niger. Yeah, it's like yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, so you so yeah. I guess yeah. I hope that these two Jews were in that house. I mean, maybe they were. It's credible. They've got a bunch of pictures. They, they there's another post I saw where they had a bunch of photos that they were saying were these two Jews where they were standing with these various Kurdish people. I mean, I'm sure that's probably all true and accurate, you know, and, also, and I do, these, it's like, a funny they, little own for the Iraqis, for the, uh, the Shia, I'm assuming that's coming out of the Shia, uh, Iraqi faction, or maybe this, you know, maybe the, just the Arab Iraqis are like owning the Kurds back by like publishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there were, there's, there were Jew Mossad agents in that mansion. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, it's possible. Also, like, they could just be Jews. Like, you know, what's what's the Jew term for these, like, Mossad? Like, just being a Jew means you're in the Mossad kind of status, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they could just be Israelis. <laughs> They're yeah, not necessarily like, oh. in the Mossad. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I would assume that, yeah, that's probably right. They're probably just from Israel. And they're like, yeah, this is Mossad. They were Jews running a scam with this, like, oil <laughs> thing and wash, yeah. washing oil. They right. got got and, like, you know, they get promoted to Mossad at the end, you know? Right, 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 right. So, I mean, it, do, it doesn't, I, you know, the question is like, what, what does anyone take seriously any claim that that house had something necessarily to do with the suicide bombings at Soleimani's tomb or whatever? But I don't know. It's kind of like. Yeah. So I, I mentioned to you earlier in like in, in kind of the prep that the, the, the regime of Iran has always, it's generally aims for moderation and the, and the military aims for uh, yeah. more action, right? 
Very and ironic. He, according to what America, what American Jewish media would have you believe, that the mullahs are the, the mullahs, moderate yeah. force. Yeah. Well, there's also this thing in, in Shia Islam where like they they know shit like do like love like peace like they are like a there yeah. is like a legitimate powerful like I'm not joking or like running cover for the Iranians. There's a powerful faction in Iran that says we cannot develop a nuclear bomb because yeah. it, it's like theologically untenable. Like we wouldn't right. be an Islamic state. Which is an important thing for them. It, I, I know it sounds like I'm running cover for the Iranians. Like I'm like trying to. Oh yeah, no, no way. There's they're, they're a legitimate faction. Like, well, if, but I've always maintained that Iran should get a nuclear weapon. Yeah, I believe that too. But yeah. they, but the, they, there is a fact that says we shouldn't do it. Yeah. Or if we did do it, we would have to change our name. Like we couldn't be <laughs> Islamic Republic anymore. We'd just be a republic. Which yeah. is that's, a very funny that's part of very. Yeah, it's part of the so-called moderate faction that. U.S. intelligence tries to exploit, which is why they often get tripped up by by things because there's different types of moderate factions. Is and it though? Because isn't Khamenei one of the people that thinks this, or no? No, he is. But like, well, the moderate means like very serious Shia. Like, yes, yes, it's like yes, calling yes, 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 yes. A, like a traditional trad, like a super hyper trad calf guy. It's like, oh, he's a really moderate. It's like, yeah, he's kind of a weirdo. He's a really just weird Hitler. nut job, actually. Or like you know, or like saying Hitler's the moderate Nazi is like yeah yes, you mean like absolutely you, you can say you can you can make that point but like it, it's hard to contextualize for Americans because of the way that we perceive politics right but I don't think when we say moderate in this context we're talking about how what the U S State Department or the Israelis describe as like the moderate which just means whatever group is willing to well like, they ha- they have them. like the guys who, the guy who replaced Ahmadinejad was called a moderate yes and he was yes, one yes. of these guys um, yeah. he was That's one of these guys. Yeah, that's the thing about Ahmadinejad is that there a lot of the cleric types didn't like Ahmadinejad because well, he was a rabble rouser. He was, he was, he was bad. He was, yeah, he came from more of, more of the common middle class background. Yeah. He wasn't from this more educated, uh, which is the same background class. as these as the military military faction or the the IRGC faction because they're all middle class guys who uh, went to college and then the IRGC. Um, so it wasn't Ricey. Who who was the one that that replaced Ahmed? They came became president after. Oh oh yes, this guy. Don't you tell Kahani? Yeah yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And, and he wasn't. I mean, he's not a moderate. He's like calling him a moderate in American context is very silly. He you know he was yeah he was yeah. pretty hardcore. But the uh, the he they they're just like they extend the hands occasionally like get slapped away yeah. by the Americans. It's like it's like their job. It's like oh. Every his new president of Iran, he's in this faction. He has to like make conciliatory noises to the Americans, yeah, and then get treated like shit. And then, wow, he's been back to back back to square one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we we discussed this uh, when we Borzai and I did our our sort of Iran Contra. <clears throat> uh, we not not like a deep dive. I guess we we did a dive on it. Um, I guess we could say we did a deep dive. We talked about Iran Contra last last week and how. Um, the whole thing was a Jewish op to try and seduce like certain moderate, so-called moderate members of the uh, Iranian military establishment to like back to, to basically go back to like Shah type policies by giving them weapons and letting them prove like, hey, look, we're the ones that can fight the Iraqis. We have the connections to the uh, American military complex to get the weapons that we can use to fight the Iraqis. Like we should have more power, blah blah blah, something like that. And it, di- it didn't happen, but. Iran got weapons from America yeah, also, for like five years. <laughs> yeah, looking at that war, that war was like the biggest, like I don't know, anti-American faction builder like ever. Like the the revolution was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I probably, you looked at what this. 
the revolution was on shaky ground, and then the the war came, yeah, and essentially unified the whole country. Yeah, uh, took massive losses in like child soldier ranks to kind of stem the tide, oh, and yes. brought it's every made, family got major buy in, and with the Bajra into the revolution to where like they're not going like you have a generation of like call them like the boomers of that or I guess they'd be Xers or whatever or mm-hmm. like a equivalent way that the boomers are just like a permanent voting block or whatever, the generation that fought in that war is just a permanent, like, no, America is going to... Well, it's boom. It's kind of like for Iran, because it's, it's funny, like, with the way that their generational perspective is going to be, it's going to be a combination of younger boomers and older Xers, essentially that cohort that you're talking about right there. They have kind of a different generational co- cohort. And that's the war. I mean, that's where Soleimani really made his name. That's where he started climbing through that stuff. Yeah. Was through that conflict that the the Iran the Iran Iraq war. What was what the Adam Curtis documentary all about all about this? Uh, one of the Adam Curtis documentaries goes into this real deep. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to tell you which. Off oh, the it's topic. huge brains. Uh, it's one of his first ones. Uh, was it? Uh, not hyper uh Oh, it's killing me. Anyway, hyper normalization. Hyper guess that yes. There's a huge part of hyper normalization about like. Suicide bombing really? and then the child soldiers. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't watch all thing, of that, but, but it's, no, it's dude, good, we've like, we've talked primer. about Adam Curtis documentaries. Um, on we've talked about Century of the Self, uh, or Century of the Gelf. That's a it's actually a famous TDS episode. <laughs> we talked about the Dark Crystal and Century of the Self at the same time, but um, but yeah, um, yeah, we talked about them a lot on 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 our network. Actually, how I actually like those documentaries and of course the the unspoken thing in the documentaries is like the jews are just constantly popping up particularly in century of the self i haven't watched hypernormalism or hypernormalization i have watched century of the self but like all these jews are just popping up constantly and he never mentions that they're jewish but they're like oh yeah i'm reading i'm leading some weird like meditation cult in southern california oh, it's a joke it's like, yeah it's funny central stuff. european psychoanalytic refugees Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Then there was yeah, there was yes, yes. There was that whole thing of like the the psychiatrists who were all like, oh, there's something just wrong with this country here. You know, going through the middle of the part of the country, like these people all have weird biases and 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 insecurities, and we need to fix them and all that shit. So yeah. Anyway, I didn't know about that. Uh, him talking about child soldiers and suicide bombers and such, but that this it gets brutal over there, man. With that kind of no, stuff. Uh, it got, it, it was like, uh, you know, it was very similar to how, like, Ukraine is with the Iran-Iraq yeah. war. Very much like this trench warfare thing. But uh, the populations, which is like, not not that it's good that's happening in Ukraine, but, like, the population skews much older up there <laughs> in Ukraine-Russia. Right. The population in Iran-Iraq back in the 70s, 80s skewed very low. So, like, yeah. the population pyramid was, you the recruitables were... 12 to 24 you know and it gets kind of yeah yeah and you know arabs generally skew young in their pop because they have a lot of kids they have big families and lots of kids and and you know a lot of their kids get killed in wars yeah and one of the crazy things about that about that specific battle for iran and also iraq um but less so because of like america coming in and wrecking everything later is that it did create a unified iraqi identity like yeah, Ira- Ira- I mean, Iranian. Well, both that. Iranian identity. Where there are Iranians who are Kurds and who are all these little, little pissant, little like oh, uh, or Armenians or whatever. 
and there's after even, that, uh, Iranian Arabs in the southwest. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of like sub Iranians that all kind of were gained like big thumbs up. It's Kurds especially. A lot of Iranian Kurds are like just loyalists. Um, yeah, interesting. Well, our friend of the show, Iranian Johnny. The reason why he doesn't identify as Persian is because he's not really ethnically Persian. He's he talks about if you talk to him, he talks about how he's from a different mishmash of subgroups that are from Iran, and he identifies as an Iranian national. Yeah, and uh, there were a they lot probably of these all guys. look the same to us, though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I knew, like, in Iraq, like the. There were still like vestiges of this. There still are some of the, some of the, like a little bits of the uh, Iraqi national thing. It's bigger with the Arabs than the Sunnis, obviously, because of the whole Saddam thing. Yeah. Um. But there are occasionally it less so in Kurdistan because of recent events. Yeah. But there are Shia and Kurds who live like in the south, outside of Kurdistan, who do have some kind of uh, Iraqi nationalism. The Netflix movie Mosul, if you've ever heard of this film, it's actually a good movie is a propaganda piece for this kind of unified Iraqi nationalism in opposition in opposition to like Iranian uh, influence. So the US tries to stand it up. It's pretty lame. Like they get a Netflix movie. But, but yeah, they will we kind of put the kibosh on But what's Iraqi the use in like we, in Americans watching a movie like that for the actual on the ground? It, it was <laughs> made with American production values and American like budgets and American all the stuff it's in it's it's not in english oh, okay it's, oh okay it's a good movie you can watch it on netflix but like you know it's not it's not aimed at us oh okay um, all right the main character is a kurd who embraces iraqi nationalism in this military unit oh okay it's not a bad flick but it is like prop it's propaganda for something we put the kibosh on in 03 pretty hard so it's not coming back you know like, yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, and and a lot of that was, um, you know, I remember uh, the, the the invasion and such, and the uh, <clears throat> and and all the talk from the various intellectuals about this problem of these basic three factions and and, and the Kurds and stuff. And now one of the one of the things that they definitely wanted to do right away was like Kurdish independence, because and the, and the reason the Jews, the neocon Jews in America, were citing. Was oh they were so hard done by by Saddam like they 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 need to have their own space or something but it's like well also it's, it also is like uh, kind of bullshit issues have been settled with Saddam uh, by then by that point like yeah the Kurds uh, if you if you drive around Kurdistan you'll see all these half built buildings mm-hmm. and and you'll see a lot and you'll see these like that there's like and there's some are really old half built buildings and some are newer half built buildings and the older ones are from when Saddam kicked off a big building project. Mm-hmm. To like after after ninety six, Barzani Barzani's family allied with the Saddam to destroy the other Kurdish faction and kind of drove them uh, as you do right. Like there were some internal Kurdish uh, you know wranglings. Yeah, Iran backed the other faction because uh, Iran has some Kurd you know also their own Kurds. Uh, they got pushed out. There was a peace deal eventually, but Barzani's were ascendant at this point. And Saddam started building all these like public housing, public works projects that were still ongoing when we invaded in '03, mm. and they all got like obviously tools went down, no one gave a fuck. And um, same thing actually happened when when ISIS kicked off. There's a second, there's a second wave of like half built public works and big tenement buildings. Um, 
to get these like rural people into these cities. They have these they have these half built commie blocks from oh from from fourteen too, and they just mm-hmm. get like oh war comes stop building commie block, and the the countryside of Kurdistan is just riddled with these mm. quarter built half built quarters built commie blocks. Well, they make good cover in a battle. Yes, it's great for your Counter Strike map. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know in Ukraine, it's like they're just they're great fortifications for to set to sort of entrench in to, to like you know dig in and wait for the enemy in them because they're all, they're littered all over Ukraine as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I guess um, that kind of explains those those missile strikes much more in depth than anything you're gonna get from the U.S. media, who are just basically presenting it as if like the country of Iraq. Was struck by Iranian missiles unjustifiably. Oh, oh I had and, one more angle on this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go for this it. This guy, Shoot. Uh, Peshwar, the the Barzani's don't like probably wanted him gone too. Like he was making a lot of money. <laughs> he was a he was a billionaire, and yeah. being a billionaire is a political act in every country. Yeah. And the Barzani's did not want some fucking new guy with Jew connections to be strutting around. You know doing stuff and it's probably they're probably like oh thank god they're like oh yeah we'll give him a state funeral hero of the kurdish soviet union where they're gonna call it yeah and uh you know they're probably they're probably pretty happy about this whole thing actually like internally at least yeah 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 i saw some kurds on some kurdish or someone claiming to be kurdish something on uh twitter like well touting. no one's claiming it who's not actually kurdish so it's probably right. legit right well they were they were <laughs> touting like his accomplishment in english like they were touting his accomplishments in Kurdistan, and they had a picture of this like ugly tower, like glass tower development that he had built, like in Erbil, I guess, where he had he was a real estate developer behind it. Because that's how the U.S. that was just money washing was real estate stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's how the U.S. is presenting him. He's a U.S. He's he's a real estate developer. Developers, developers. De- he's an over developer. And yeah. um, you tell me this, uh, and he needed Israelis to do real estate. Like, it's interesting, you know. What are the odds? He's in with the Jews, real estate guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's good they got they got a little they got some hits in. Like, I don't know if it really gets revenge for what happened to them. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the Iranians are in a, kind of a, a weird spot because it's like, and like I, I was sort of saying um, on tedious yesterday, generally speaking, in like the strategic picture in the region is that like all these groups like um, Hezbollah and Iran and Houthis and such are are poised to 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 stage a defensive fight, but they're not really capable or willing to go on the offensive, at least not against Israel. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. anything fired from uh Iranian territory is a, is like a specific political act. It's not a military act. There are yeah. closer sites in Syria, Lebanon, Yemen they can fire these things from if they want to. Mm-hmm. And and they also know that the other thing they're in a weird spot is like in terms of bang for your buck, any missile they produce or or drone they produce, any weapon they produce really, is worth more to the greater cause in Yemen or Syria or Lebanon than it is in like their hands actually. Right. Right. So like as soon as they produce these missiles, it's in their interest to get them into Lebanon or right. Syria or ASAP. Like firing the having a big stockpile of missiles doesn't really do Iran that much good. Like, right. Everyone knows they have missiles. It's whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's the ability for them to proliferate them that is the issue. And that was that whole thing with these Navy SEALs that disappeared. Apparently, they had intercepted – they showed that they had intercepted some, like, I, I think, unguided ballistic missiles that going from Iran to Yemen. 
And, of course, one of the main reasons that the Jews kept wanting to disrupt Syria is to break up shipping lanes from Iran to Hezbollah to make that more difficult, to make the traversing Syrian territory significantly more difficult to do that, not have, like, you know. And and that's also why they're very interested in, you know, keeping the various regions that they have all messed up in Syria, like just keeping that map just a hodgepodge of just, you know, civil war and... Yeah, why? Why is it that that we need to have this northwest corner oh, of of Syria like occupied by Islamists that we, the America, protects? Like, or also, why does Somalia need to be like such a shit show? I, I used to be of the racist opinion that Somalia was a shit show because like of Somalians. Yeah, there is like distinct U.S. policy ensuring that their country doesn't exist. Therefore, we get to be their coast guard. Like this, yeah. the guy, this this mission they grabbed this these Navy SEALs died on. Was a was not part. It was the mission pre-existed, like the current crisis. I mean, they right. were probably yes, they yes. Were, where we get where we get to be the coast guard in Somalia in northern in the north of Somalia because Somalia can't like suppress piracy or do literally anything because they don't exist. Right. And like while this was going on, like two weeks ago, Ethiopia started threatening to invade Somalia. Yes, like, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's going to be a shit show. I and I. Yes, I mean, it's Africa, whatever, it's full of Africans, but, like, Somalia specifically, if you look at, like, the timeline of American intervention and not, and then leaving and doing stuff, it feels like we're making this place really bad on purpose. Like, every time they get, like, a little bit, like, a government begins to kind of exist or something kind of starts to kind of happen, we do or don't do something, like, massive. Like, oh, we just stop giving them aid and they all fall apart, you know, or we... yeah. You know, find well, something to do that's horrifying. That's generally our policy in the region. Generally, and, and Arabs, unlike Arabs, actually could form governments and 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 states. Um, you know, they they actually were are capable of doing that significantly more than like African blacks. Uh, and they can't. They they man. They always break them up. Like the Syrians, they had a state, right? But no, can't do that. But, um, you know, I, I did see also, again, I guess we could move closer to the Holy Land now with Israel. Um, so Israel was bombing Lebanon. They, they bombed Lebanon today. The, of course, Hezbollah killed a couple of Jews the other day, and now they're getting their revenge. And then we also had um, Hamas, after Israel withdrew from Gaza City, or, or largely withdrew from Gaza City, now Hamas launched a, a rocket salvo from the center of Gaza City today, which is highly embarrassing for the Jews, and has actually kicked off like some infighting inside israel yeah i didn't hear no bell so, so what's your what's your take what are your like hot takes on this on these situations uh so this this uh they are uh hamas is i guess like at this point very cocky um they israel hasn't pulled out all the way they 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 the numbers i've seen where they, they had deployed fifty thousand and they're paring down to twenty five thousand troops in mm-hmm. gaza which is still significant that's also significant, but it's less than. That's about about equivalent or less than Hamas's actual troop strength in the field, though, which is kind of interesting. Like, we mm-hmm. you don't like it'd be very. It seems very silly to want to like have less forces in a region. Um, I I think the Israelis don't know what to do, mission wise. Yeah. Like, you run out of things to do. Uh, I, I've said it on the last show, but uh, Armchair Warlord is an account on Twitter. He's like a he's he's, he's a Russia shell. He called it what they were doing a like Pac-Man warfare. Like the, the Israelis are just eating dots on a map. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, there was a map that that map uh, map people were following of the Israelis were putting out every few days of 
like what they called secured parts of like Gaza City. Yeah, yeah. And and some ports were like still un, like unsecured. Like, they, like until the last couple of weeks, they hadn't even put like a foot patrol in every part in every, every neighborhood. So like the Hamas has held ground, and they, and this is not say like when the like patrol it, they they win that ground. They don't actually control it. They just contested it for a second. Yeah, but they they Hamas has like been holding like very regular. I think we're underestimating how much a regular army they are. Mm-hmm. Like they're wearing uniforms. They are doing yes, yes. They're hiding in buildings. They're not being retarded, but like they're they they are beating the Israelis in a conventional war in a lot of ways. Um, and the Israelis uh, can push and then they just, Oh, it's the old like Mao thing where the gorillas don't like they, they vanish when you try to hit them with a lot of force and they come back when you're weaker in an area mm-hmm. and the Jews have run out of like things they can, they've run out of objectives to do, right? Like there's yeah. no more missions to give. There's no more fucking buildings there's no more buildings like, to blow up. Of like, the twelve remaining buildings, you you probably cleared them like six times each. Right. You know they've yeah. run out of half measures essentially. It's either go home or go all in. You can't do any more of these well, half measures. They they kind of did go all in. The issue is yeah, they, the, there's, there's no, no more, more people in Gaza City. There's no more buildings. There's no more freestanding structures. Yeah. There's they, like, they, they've blown everything like, up and and the people have all fled out. Like for the most part, there's, I I can't imagine. Uh, maybe there's some, but I don't think there's particularly many civilians there at all. But they can't find all the Hamas people. It's just gonna, and this was what everyone was predicting. It's going to be yeah. difficult. And the tunnel thing actually works. It turns out, like, wow, you know, the tunnels yeah. work real good. Like, unless well, you're gonna well, put motherfuckers in those tunnels, and there's no way, there's not a Jew on Earth who's like going into the tunnels. The, they've the showed tunnels, some footage of themselves tunnel in tunnels with were rigging up yeah, explos- with, explosives on the mouths and collapsing them. Yeah, they got they, they, go they blew like themselves the up the other week. But the guy, go, there's no one going like you know a kilometer deep. Right, they're not, not they're not sending like a group of like a fire team down into the tunnel to like to hunt Hamas. Yeah. yeah, no, they're yeah. not. They're just they're doing not. what the South Koreans did because there's there's tunnels underneath the DMZ in in the Korean Peninsula, and all the South Koreans did is they just sealed them off. They just prevented any further movement, but they haven't done any work to basically remove those tunnels. That and I, so imagine if there were actually military people within that, it would be a much different situation than this kind of... And the claims that the Jews put out, like, we're going to flood them with water, it's like, well, that's going to be quite a lot of water that you're going to need to do that. You're not going to use... You're certainly not going to be where you're going to source the water from, like, the Jordan River. You could source it from the ocean, but then any setup you would have to build to to do that would be vulnerable to attack itself. Also, there's just, like, there's ways, like, Pumping water in a tunnel isn't quite that easy. Like, just, yeah. just a little, it's actually a very, really complex. Right. It's not as. It sounds like it should be something you you should do. You just set up a tube to pump the water in, but it's not. And then additionally, then they're saying, oh, like well, we'll put like nerve gas in the tunnels. Like, no, 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 that's a bad <laughs> fucking idea. That <laughs> no is no fucking way. They're not going to do that. They, the, the 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 prospect one. You're gonna you're going to commit genocide if you do that. Like, because a lot of people that you don't intend to kill, including your own people, are going to die. And then the wind changes, and now nerve gas is blowing into Israel. So also, like, we're just, we're just going to uncork that whole thing. Like, oh, we're, nerve gas is now acceptable. Like, okay, yeah, we're not just yeah, doing gas. Or no, but then they were saying oh, that's Om Shinrikyo shit right there. Let me call Om Shinrikyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me call Hezbollah. Let him know that gas is now on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you think Nasrallah's going to be like, all right? I guess, I guess, I guess. Yeah, we're doing gas now. 
Yeah. Like, so in addition, in additionally, the nerve gas was something extreme. They were saying they were no, not nerve gas. We're gonna put like tear, throw like tear gas down in the yeah. tunnels. I'm like, oh well, that's just not gonna work. Like it's not it's nerve, not a, nerve gas big. is also very. You don't have enough of it. Like when you look at the the 1995 sarin gas attack in Tokyo, it was actually a miracle that it only killed as few people as it did. The, with the with the extent of the nerve gas that Om Shinrikyo had and mm. the application of it, it really was a, a small uh, miracle that all enough of it didn't go off to kill I, more I people. Want, it could have. I'm I'm kind of a like chemical weapons denier. The problem with the, like the the when people say X amount of like chemical weapons should have killed X amount of people. They're doing like perfect parts per million analysis is over like perfect error. Yeah, this is I, I'm I'm this is the kind the of actual, analysis I like. Yeah, this, I, this I, shit well, isn't actually as nearly I, as effective. There was there was human error. Anyways, we don't have there to get into the There, there <laughs> was human error, error, human error in the application of the Tokyo. Yes. Well, they were attack. they released nerve gas in the subway. I mean, that's the way of re- <laughs> when you release any chemical in a <laughs> oh god when when you release any kind of like aerosolized chemical, it it dissipates in funny ways most of them are just like going up yeah and it it doesn't re- get into high concentrations uh enough to kill in a as wide an area as you would imagine dude and this gets even worse when you're when you're using like artillery shells to use it because like so mm. how much of your artillery shell is just destroying the gas it's just or- burning up the gas itself yeah and i i did a i actually have done a much more detailed analysis of like gas poison gas dispersal in my role as like holocaust denier then you would believe because if you read some of this stuff that grandma rudolph and carla matano write about like the how the gas chambers should have worked or could have worked there's another part of the analysis (laughs) yeah so and you're gonna love this if you're a holocaust guy oh i I love denying i love i love denying gas attacks generally the sarin gases uh all your like super scary nerve agents if you want to call them Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the sarin is like the big one, but uh, they have like the that parts per million lethality score they all kind of have, and like mm. oh the the reason it's scary is because oh like at some <coughs> tiny level of parts per million you breathe it in your head, right? Yeah. No, these these were not tested on people. We don't know what the act. It's it's the same thing with uh, <coughs> cyanide. Yeah. Well, uh, this is exactly the analysis that we did on. Well, not not that I did it. I copied from others on cyanide on how much cyanide because they insist like, oh, this is the amount of cyanide it takes to kill a person. I'm like, you don't fucking know that. <laughs> it's it's like you don't know that. It's the manufacturer setting safety limit. Like the sarin yes. gas manufacturer is saying, I wouldn't breathe any more than this. Yeah. Please avoid this concentration. Yeah. But they're not saying it's, it's, that's like, it's, it could maybe kill you at this thing, but what will actually kill you, the concentrations of cyanide, for instance, are much higher than actually, to actually kill a man. We don't know the concentrations of these other gases, plus issues with dissipation and things that, uh, they, yes, obviously chemicals are bad. Like, don't, they shouldn't be used. You shouldn't people. be like you know, huffing them for sure. But, but like, yeah. But to, like it's not that much worse than like a if you were to drop a mug <coughs> on a city versus like a barrage of chemical artillery shells, the Moab's gonna do a lot more. Just, just kind of the way it is. Right. I think it just feels there's something in people's psyche about the idea of like gassing people. Something it feels like it's like really bad. Like I don't know what it is about it, and it feels like that was something that people believed before. 
even World War Two, and and that's why Jews like used it. Now, of course, people had a bad experience with gas in World War One with mustard gas and things like that. So that that might have been why Jews keyed into gas as the the fake thing that would supposedly massacre the Germans supposedly massacred them with. And then, of course, they had to make up insane stories because it doesn't make any sense. Like, to, to, you know, we had Fred Leuchter on striking like years ago. He was like, "All right, you know, my uh, my view is uh, you can't, you actually can't po- you can't kill a large group of people with poison gas." And he's like, what you would want to do is bring him into an abandoned mine shaft and cave it in on him. We don't need yeah. to like theorize how we need to count. We're going to kill large groups of people. But like, yeah, like I, that makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah. Well, how Pol Pot? Let's <coughs> see his method. Well, he just like uh, shot people. See, that's a, it's a classic, right? Yeah, but, that's that's a classic low cost. Very nice. Let's see Pol Pot's killing that <laughs> So the thing with uh, the World War One, the World War One and, and the Iran Iraq War, mustard gas usages, and even the ISIS mustard gas, because the ISIS did use mustard gas, mm. is that um, it's always it is a horrifying weapon, but they're using first of all pretty massive amounts of it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're not actually achieving like massive results. Yeah, um, the like there's no point, no battle in the Iran Iraq War you could point to where like an equivalent number of conventional artillery shells probably would have done the same bit, you know. Right, right. Like, okay, the gas strike, it's fucked up. It is, like, it's, a, it's like, what, 33% more effective to do, like, the most horrifying thing on Earth to <laughs> people, you know? It's like, just use regular, expl- like, could you please kill me with an explosive, like, for love of God, but they're not, right. like, they're not I win buttons. Like, people use them and lose constantly. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, real quick, um, before we continue the conversation, this is, we're up against hour one. We're going to take a very quick break. Um, I'm going to do the shilling for the paywall because this hour was free. And if you want to hear more of our discussion on the Middle East and chemical weapons or whatever else comes up, uh, go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall and get a subscription. Tell a friend to get a subscription because really, honestly, you don't get content like the kind of stuff that we provide on this uh, website anywhere else. So thanks a lot. And we'll be back in a minute. I'm going to stop the recording now.